And so, on to the headlines. It is uh, 1946. You are listening to Metro FM Talk. Ayabonga Tau is not in today. I am uh, keeping his seat warm. My name is Kopedi Dilokwa. I'll be taking care of you right up until 9 p.m. Now, we have already teased this uh, at the beginning of the show. The race towards the ANC's National Elective Conference in December is uh, finally open. And the party has established rules for leadership contestation. A number of senior members of the party have uh, shown interest, uh, put it lightly, uh, to be part of the very powerful ANC Top 6. To understand this better and uh, look at all the dynamics, I am now joined by uh, SABC political reporter Samgele Maseko. Good evening and uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Maseko. A very good evening to you, Kobedi, and to the listeners as well. Samgele, the ANC is the ruling party. Um, this this upcoming conference should matter to South Africans, yes. Um, why? Take us through that. Um, uh, and, and, and maybe why we should all take a keen interest in it. In essence, South Africans should take a keen interest in the upcoming ANC National Conference in December because the ANC is still the governing party and is still the most dominant political player within the country despite the losing a significant chunk of the electoral support due to their own sins of incumbency. But they do determine the political trajectory of the country and and particularly knowing that their national conference will determine the economic and socio-political trajectory of the country, particularly when you look at the economic reforms that the president of the country and through the ANC administration is trying to foster, particularly when you look at the problems facing power utility as we are in an unprecedented stage four currently as well. About two years ago, we were in an unprecedented stage six. So it tells you that the ANC is a very important player, particularly when you look at the destruction that has been there of state-owned enterprises, particularly over a period of time through the influence of the Gupta family and knowing the influence and the role that the ANC played as a governing party in enabling state capture and corruption in the country. And when you look at the different varying political views, particularly within the governing party, and those who may align themselves with the radical economic transformation, and those who may align themselves with the renewal project of the ANC, mm. and some who may particularly like uh, particular political figures like Paul Mashatile, right. like Didi Mabuza, and sure. what they bring to the table. Let, let, let's let's talk around, and you've, you've made mention of the name Didi Mabuza, and one can't help but think the last elective conference, uh, was it uh, NASRAC? Um, one, one can say that he went there on the Mpumalanga card. What, what does this mean for Didi? It seems a number of uh, senior NC members are uh, very interested, have an appetite for the deputy presidency. <clears throat> Look, in essence, in an ANC conference, particularly when we take it back from the 1997 Mahikeng conference, the only deputy president of the ANC the last deputy president of the ANC to come back for a second term as deputy president was Jacob Gatlaikegi Sazuma. When you look back to the ANC conference in 1991 in Mahikeng, the deputy president then was elected was Tabum Vunyelwambegi to deputize Nelson Mandela. When Nelson Mandela handed over the reins of power, handed over to Tabo. When Tabo became president, he was re-elected uncontested at the 2002 Stellenbosch conference, Jacob Zuma was re-elected as deputy president of the ANC, despite there being a push for Muswali Kota to challenge Jacob Zuma as deputy president of the ANC at the time, which would have meant Zuma would have challenged Hale- Zuma would have challenged rather Tabo Mbeki, but that did not materialize. 
Then they went to, subsequent to that, was the ANC's 2007 Polokwane conference, mm-hmm. where Jacob Zuma was contesting against Thabo Mbeke and he defeated Thabo Mbeke. Right. But then you go to 2012, Khalema Mutlante was the deputy president. Khalema Mutlante then contested Jacob Zuma in that conference in 2012 and ultimately lost. So ANC deputy presidents from Manga Wung have subsequently not gotten a second term as deputy president. Jacob Zuma was the last to get that uh, deputy presidency back as in the ANC. This time around, Didi Mabuza looks set to lose his position to Paul Mashadile, whom is seemingly having an edge over the other contenders for the position of deputy president of the ANC. We look at the likes of uh, Senzum Kunu, who is available for the position, the likes of Paul Mashadile, right. Ronald Lamula, Oscar Maboyani. So in essence, the political future of David Mabuza now hinders on him contesting the president of the ANC. I'm going to ask Similar you to hold to it right there, Sangele. I'm going to ask you to hold it right there. We're going to come back and uh, uh, finish off this conversation. We just need to pay the bills right now. And so our conversation continues with uh, SABC political reporter Samkele Maseko, whom we uh, unceremoniously cut off just before the break. Um, Samkele, you were talking us uh, through what we can expect to see happening in the next few weeks um, in the run-up to the uh, December conference. So in essence, David Mabuza is uh, effectively contesting for the position of ANC president. There are only three, four names in the bag right now for those who want to come to contest for that particular position. ANC president Sir Ramaphosa on the second term. Mm-hmm. Mabuza wants to uh, basically fire him from that particular position. Zulim Kiza is also eyeing it. And now Dr. Nkosa Zanatamine Zuma right. has entered the fray for the ANC presidency. So the the David Mabuza is a very interesting character as he was seemingly supporting Dr. Nkosan and Adamini Zuma all the way run up to conference at NASDAQ in 2017, but subsequently made a U-turn to support ANC President Ramaphosa. So he is an important figure. And knowing that Mpumalanga at the time was the second most dominant province in the ANC as they had grown their membership, their membership significantly. This time around, their delegates have been cut in half as they've lost about... 350 delegates are now taking about 350 delegates to conference as opposed to the 750 that they had in 2017. Subsequent to that now, you've got the Eastern Cape, which is re-emerging as one of the most dominant provinces in the ANC, as they are now officially the second biggest province within the governing party. Talk us through that. Uh, provinces like KZN and the Eastern Cape, one can never um, ignore or underestimate their power, just what amount of influence do they carry um, and, and, and just how can their influence sway the conference? They've got a huge influence, particularly a province like KwaZulu-Natal, but that influence becomes meaningless and futile when you are not united. For instance, just go to the stats that have been released by the NEC on the number of voting delegates per conference. KwaZulu-Natal sits at 866 voting delegates for the December conference, but that will be futile if the province is not coming as a solid block to conference, knowing that most of those 866 voting delegates, 700 of them may be voting for one particular perspective, whether they're voting for NDZ or voting for Zulim Kiza or voting for Sur Ramaphosa. But KZN is a very fragmented and divided province. You've got right. three factions within that province. You've got Cyril Ramaphosa, you've got NDZ, and you've got uh, Dr. Zulim Kiza. Dr. Zulim Kiza and NDZ have the same support base which would mean their support base will now be split in half 
one half will go to Zelim Kize, another half will go to Dr. Nkosa Zanadamini Zuma. But still, Ramaphosa's voting bloc still remains intact as it is. Eastern Cape, the second biggest province, takes 660 voting delegates. Mm. 70% of those delegates are with Oscar Mabuyan, the chairperson of the ANC in the Eastern Cape. They've also endorsed Sir Ramaphosa. You go to Limpopo, the third biggest province, 646 voting delegates. 90% of those voting delegates are with Sir Ramaphosa through Stanley Chupumatabata and the other faction, which is led by Soviet Lekhanyane, also supports Sir Ramaphosa. And the conundrum there, you've got the issue of Paul Mashatile, who has been endorsed for deputy presidency in Gauteng, 514 voting delegates. A chunk of them belongs to Sir Ramaphosa and Paul Mashatile being the most dominant player within the province. Mpumalanga has dropped from 770 in the 2017 conference to 385 voting delegates this time around in this conference. And they, about 60 to 70 percent of them, are with Mandlandovo, the provincial chairperson, in support of Sir Ramaphosa, the president of the ANC. And so the numbers go down. So the most dominant players within the ANC conference this year will be KwaZulu-Natal, Eastern Cape, Limpopo, Gauteng. But KwaZulu-Natal, having the most number of delegates, is the most divided province within the African National Congress. I know the time is not on your side, Samkele, and you're going to have to go. But before you go, let's talk project precedent. Some say the grouping known as the uh, RET within the ANC lacks uh, unity to dislodge President Ramaphosa. Thoughts, please? The RET faction has and does lack unity, particularly when you look at how they are now endorsing Dr. Nkosa Zanadamini Zuma as opposed to Dr. Zulin Mkiza particularly looking at the discussions that have been taking place within that particular faction. So it's going to be interesting for them moving forward. You go back to July last year at Nkandla when suspended Secretary General of the ANC, Ace Sokhovela Makashule, said that it would be former President Jacob Zuma as the commander-in-chief who will give them Mkumbandela direction on what to do. And it's seemingly come out now that the former president is saying they must not be defocused and they must support Dr. Nkosa Zanazamini Zuma and not look at any other candidate. But Dr. Zuelin Mkiza is a very dominant player within the politics of the ANC in KwaZulu-Natal, and particularly him being threatened post the conference that has taken place within that particular province. He's going to be a very hard individual to ignore. Paul Mashatile as well, very difficult to ignore him. He's got Gauteng, he's got Northwest, and seemingly will get the endorsement of some dominant faction in the ANC in KwaZulu-Natal for the deputy presidency of the ANC. So he's unignorable at this point in time and looks set to come back in a top six position. Gwede you can't ignore as well. Didi Mabuza is pretty much on the back foot, but as they say, he's a cat with nine lives, and those nine lives have not yet expired. You, you made mention of uh, Dr. Nkosa Zanathamina Zuma and we received a voice note um, earlier on before you came on and uh, a gentleman saying she inspires absolutely no confidence, she should stay home, she should not even be thinking of uh, being part of the race and I'm saying it's a democratic state, she's a uh, member of the ANC in good standing, she's a leader in her own right, she's got uh, everything going for her and so she should stand. The Sunday Times this past weekend announced that uh, she is willing to contest uh, the presidency. Your thoughts? She is definitely contesting the presidency of the African National Congress, provided she gets the branch nominations that are required to meet the, necess- the necessitated threshold within the African National Congress. <clears throat> it's not taboo for her to contest. The ANC Women's League has always said they want women on top, 
as the president of the governing party. That dream has not yet gone away, but the ANC is a non-sexist organization which opens up its contestation to all and sundry within the governing party to contest for leadership positions. She's got the necessary political mantle and capacity to contest and go head-to-head with anyone, as she did in 2007 against Khalima Mutlante for the deputy presidency of the African National Congress. She lost out there, and subsequently she did go head-to-head with Silva Maposa and lost out by about 100 and something votes at the Nazareth conference. So she is a dominant player. She has proved herself in governance-wise. Look at her sterling track record within the Department of International Relations and Cooperation during the Sabumbeki era. You look at her role as the Minister of Home Affairs within the country and how she cleaned up that particular mess in that particular department. So she has proven herself. She has the necessary mantle. And that was Samgele Maseko, uh, SABC political reporter. Sir, thank you ever so much for making time to speak to us tonight. You're welcome.